Hello and welcome to Beyond the End Zone. I'm your host, Tony Godfrey. It's great to be here, and as always, it's even better that you are joining me. On today's show, another crazy week of NFL action. We'll get into every single game, but first, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have reached a new low. How did we get here? I'll tell you right now. So at the beginning of the season, one of the teams that a lot of people were high on was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And how could you not, right? It's Tom Brady, it's Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. They signed Julio Jones, Leonard Fournette. Uh, Good offensive line, good defense. It makes sense, you know. It makes sense why everybody would like them. But this past week, the Panthers just toyed with the Buccaneers, uh, beat them 21-3, to not with Baker Mayfield, not with even Sam Darnold, with P.J. Walker. And the Buccaneers are now tied at 3-4 and four with the Atlanta Falcons for first place in the division. And the natural question is, what happened, right? How did we get here? Well, a lot happened, and to really understand what's going on with the Buccaneers this season, you have to start from the beginning. So, in late January, uh, Tom Brady retired and decided to unretire about a month later, a little over a month later, and everyone was shocked. Everyone was wondering what happened. You know, was the game too hard to walk walk away? from for Tom um or did he just realize how annoying his family was and he needed to get out of the house I don't know but uh we all kind of just left it there you know we were fans opinionists commentators they were just happy to have Brady back but another story was sort of unfolding around this time and Nobody connected the dots at that time because nobody knew there were any dots to connect until later. So in early January, Brian Flores was fired from the Miami Dolphins as head coach. And on February 1st, there was a report that uh, Brian Flores had filed a lawsuit, a discrimination lawsuit, against the Miami Dolphins and the NFL. Again, Brady unretired at the beginning of March. Now, why is this important? Well, it's important because it was reported that Tom Brady and Sean Payton were trying to get to the Dolphins. That was the plan. The Dolphins were trying to get Sean Payton as the head coach, Tom Brady as the quarterback. And reportedly, once the Brian Flores lawsuit came to light, allegedly, all parties involved thought, there's a little too much heat right now. Can't make this move right now. There's too much going on. And... I doubt Tom Brady or Sean Payton wanted to go to the Dolphins while there's an active discrimination lawsuit happening. 
And I mean, listen, this is not opinion. This is fact. The league admitted, you know, when they punished the Dolphins, that the Dolphins tampered with Tom Brady when he was a New England Patriot, also when he was with the uh, with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And they tampered with Sean Payton while he was still head coach of the New Orleans Saints. And when Tom Brady couldn't get to Miami, he decided to just come back. And let me ask you, if you were a teammate of Tom Brady, if you were a member of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, how would you feel about that? I mean, you've got a guy in Tom Brady screaming at you on the sideline because your play isn't good enough. And meanwhile, you know, and everybody else knew, that Brady essentially tried to quit on the team because he wanted to go play somewhere else. And again, this isn't an opinion. It's just what it is. And it's crazy to me how this story wasn't, I don't think it was nearly as big as it should have been. I mean, Tom Brady is the GOAT. He's the greatest quarterback of all time. He's still one of the greatest quarterbacks, you know, in the league. And the fact that he retired, the, the fact that he had a fake retirement to try to get to another team <laughs> and it didn't work. So he just said, all right, I guess I'll come back. And we all kind of just ignored it. That's still crazy to me. And look, I'm not saying that this situation is the reason why the Bucks are bad. But, I mean, it has to be something, right? I know if I was a teammate and I had somebody, you know, trying to lecture me, trying to, you know, say that my play needs to get better, you know, chastising me on the sidelines, in front of everybody, you know, on national television. And I know that this guy tried to quit on the team, I think I would feel a certain way about that. I don't know. Oh, maybe that's just me. But Tom Brady came back, and a couple weeks after he came back, Bruce Arians retired. Um, reportedly, there was friction between Tom Brady and Bruce Arians. Uh, was that a coincidence? I don't think so. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers this year have been noisy and dysfunctional, but we all ignored it, right? And we all ignore, we, we ignore the noise because it's Brady, right? It's Brady. They'll figure it out. If this was any other team, any other team, we would have not stopped talking about how dysfunctional they were. And you add you add to the noise, you know, they lose Antonio Brown. They lose Rob Gronkowski. They signed Kyle Rudolph. I said at the time, if you've been listening to the show, you, you know. I said that doesn't mean anything. They signed Julio Jones. That doesn't mean anything. Neither of those guys can play. 
They're both washed. They're both done. Julio Jones can once in a great while make a play that looks like the old Julio Jones. But other than that, he's done. He's washed. Can't stay healthy. Kyle Rudolph can't even get on the field. That's how bad he is. And I think we severely underestimated the loss of Gronk and Antonio Brown. Because those are the type of guys that Brady needs to be successful. He wants to, you know, hit his tight end up the seam. You know, he wants to throw quick passes to his slot receiver. And yeah, Mike Evans is really good. And Chris Godwin is really good. But those guys, uh, you know, that's not what Tom Brady wants to do. Tom Brady wants to throw quick passes. He wants to throw up the seam. And he wants to dink and dunk and make the defense come up. And then he wants to go deep. Then he wants to hit Evans. Then he wants to hit Godwin. But he wants to he wants to work the short and the middle. He wants to make that defense come up. And he doesn't have anybody right now on this team that he can trust to do that. AB was great at that. AB was, you know, when he joined the Bucks. He was not the same Antonio Brown that he was in Pittsburgh, but as a number three option, he was fantastic. Antonio Brown in the slot was great. Rob Gronkowski, even though he wasn't the same guy he was in New England, he was still really good. And now Tom Brady doesn't have either of those either of those guys. He doesn't have anybody that he can trust in the slot. He doesn't have anybody that he can trust at the tight end tight end position. I said at the beginning of the season, I thought the Bucks would step back, take a step back. But I thought that they would still easily win their division because of how bad their division was going to be. But now, I'm not so sure. I mean, I, th- I still think the Bucks will win it. But you're lying to yourself if you think the Bucks are good. They're not good. And they're not going to run away with this division. Uh, let's take a look around the league at some of the scores from this past week. The Cardinals beat the Saints 42-34, and a lot of people will look at this score and kind of be blown away by it, but this was not a case of the Cardinals' offense coming alive and the Cardinals all of a sudden being really good. The Arizona Cardinals are not back they're still a bad team. They just played a Saints team starting Andy Dalton. Andy Dalton is terrible. I don't want to watch him anymore. I thought the Saints would be really bad this year. They are. They've only won two games. And a lot of people are going to be you know, high on the Cardinals after this. But I'm just not. Uh, the Ravens beat the Browns 23-20. And if you're a Cleveland Browns fan... I'm sure a lot of you were thinking, you know, this season probably isn't going to go how we want to, but if we can just stay above water until Deshaun Watson comes back, we'll be fine. Listen, if you think that Deshaun Watson is going to, you know, just walk through the door and all of a sudden the Browns are going to be contenders, 
you haven't been watching Browns games. There's a lot wrong with this team. Deshaun Watson will make the team better because obviously he's an upgrade over Jacoby Brissett. But the Cleveland Browns have a lot to work on. They have a lot to fix. And Deshaun Watson is not going to fix all of their problems. The Bengals beat the Falcons 35-17. to And it feels like the Bengals have you know, finally found their groove a little bit. I know we have to take into consideration their level of competition. They haven't played a lot of great teams, but at the end of the day, you can only play who's in front of you, and the Bengals are taking advantage of that. They're on a win streak, and it seems, as of right now, the Cincinnati Bengals have turned their season around. The Cowboys beat the Lions 24-6. Dak Prescott is back. And it wasn't pretty. It wasn't great. But it was a victory. And, you know, that's all you can ask for. Uh, Dak Prescott definitely did not look like the Dak Prescott we know. Obviously, taking a few weeks off, there is going to be some rust. And I expect there to be a little bit more rust this week, but eventually, you know, he'll get back to 100%. And I think as long as Kellen Moore and this offensive coaching staff can sort of implement the Cooper Rush style of offense without holding Dak Prescott back, I think this team could be really special the Giants beat the Jaguars 23 to 17 and after a hot start to the season the Jacksonville Jaguars have just completely cooled off it hasn't I mean they it was about a month ago that they beat up on the Chargers but ever since then they've been on a losing streak and you know I said that there was going to be some bumps in the road for the Jaguars It wasn't going to be perfect, but I did like them. I haven't liked anything that I've seen from them the past few weeks. It really seems like they've hit a wall, which is sad for the Jaguars because this division, I mean, the Colts are not who we thought they were going to be. The Titans have taken a clear step back. Houston is, I mean, they're they're Houston. They're going to be vying, you know, for the number one overall pick. They'll have a top 10, top five pick this year. So if you're the Jaguars, you know, this was a moment in time for you to take this division. And it seems like, unfortunately, they're just not able to do it. The Commanders beat the Packers 23 to 21. And the Green Bay Packers have reached a new low. They lost to the Commanders. Now, I'm not going to rub it in. I'm not. I mean, I told you. I told you. I, I, I hate having to say this, kind of. But I told you, the Packers are not good. I said this weeks ago, I got pushback, you know, on Instagram and other places. People telling me I didn't know what I was talking about, that the Packers were good. No, the Packers aren't good. And they're not even close to being good. They're not even, it doesn't even look like they're going to win their division. They lost to a team that might be 
the worst team in all of football. And I don't know if it's Chase Claypool. I don't know, you know, who's out there, who's available. There's rumors circulating that Jerry Judy might be available. I don't know, but the Packers need to make a move. And more importantly, LaFleur needs to stop calling plays like he still has Devontae Adams. Because at the end of the day, that's the biggest problem with the Packers. You know, you can get more talent, you get all the wide receiver talent you want, but you don't have Devontae Adams on your team. And whoever you trade for is not going to be close to the talent level of Devontae Adams. So you need to stop calling plays like you still have Devontae Adams. I, you would think that this, you know, it's not exactly rocket science, but apparently it is. Uh, the Titans beat the Colts 19-10. to Matt Ryan has officially been benched. Um, Sam Ellinger will start in week eight. And this is a team that I really just don't have an answer for because I can't figure out what went wrong. Like, if you look at all the teams who we thought would take a step back, there's something clear, you know, there's something that you can point to and go, yeah, that makes sense. This is why they took a step back. Like, you know, earlier we were talking about the Bucks, Antonio Brown. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, Ryan Jensen, you know, there's things that happened that make you say, okay, I can understand why they're not playing well. We just talked about the Packers. They lost Devontae Adams. We understand why they might not be playing well. But this is a team, I mean, the defense looked good. The offensive line looked good. I thought going into the season, Jonathan Taylor was the best running back in football. And all they really did as far as their roster, you know, they added Stephon Gilmore. But other than that, the only major move that they made was replacing Carson Wentz with Matt Ryan. But somehow they're worse than they were last year to the point that Matt Ryan has been benched. And... Listen, I think Frank Reich, I, I like Frank Reich, but he's in danger of losing his job because you, you know, you have to, I understand you can't just find a quarterback. I get that. If it was, e if finding a quarterback was easy, every team would have one, right? But the problem with Indy is that their quarterback position somehow just keeps getting worse. And you can't have that. You have to have at least some sort of progression. And it seems like every year the Colts are regressing. I'd be worried if I was Frank Wright. The Raiders beat the Texans 38-20. to And, man, Josh Jacobs is just sensational. And uh, I was actually telling somebody this earlier. It's funny. At the beginning of the season, we all said that, you know, look at this offense, you know, Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, Hunter Renfro, you know, who was going to be able to stop them, right? Well, apparently a lot of people because the Raiders aren't winning a lot of games. And out of all of the offensive talent that they have, it's Josh Jacobs 
that is carrying them. He is single-handedly carrying this team. The guy who didn't have his fifth-year option picked up, the guy who looked like he was about to be on his way out the door, he is single-handedly carrying this team. And I think Josh Jacobs is playing like one of the best running backs in the league. The Jets beat the Broncos 16-9. And, you know, I don't know. Maybe I just have a, a overall negative, um, I don't know, feeling, I guess, about New York teams. But I'm not sold on the Giants. And I'm also not sold on the Jets. I think at some point, you know, I think the Jets have done a good job of playing good defense and minimizing their mistakes on offense. But I do believe at some point, Zach Wilson will have to be a part of the game plan. You know, he is going to have to go out there and make throws and win you the game. And I just don't think he's capable of doing that. I am not sold on the Jets whatsoever. The Chiefs absolutely destroyed the 49ers, 44-23. to and look, the Niners have been dealing with a lot of injuries, but more importantly, the Niners have to win with their defense. You know, we look at the Niners offense and they have a lot of good skill position players, Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, George Kittle, but Jimmy Garoppolo is limited and he's not the type of guy that's going to go out there and throw, you know, 350, 400 yards, three or four touchdowns. That's not him. He is essentially, I believe, a game manager. I think he's a little bit better, but he's, you know, he's he's an average quarterback. The Niners have to win with their defense. The four, I think the offense has to play with a lead. And we saw when the defense is not playing well, the offense can't play well. I do still think the Niners are a good team, but they just have to get healthy. The Seahawks beat the Chargers 37-23. to And I'm just going to say this. Brandon Staley needs to go. He just needs to go. And let me ask you this. What do you think the Chargers would look like if Bill Belichick was coaching them? What do you think they would look like if Andy Reid or, you know, Mike Tomlin or Mike Vrabel was coaching them? Brandon Staley has got to go. I just don't, I don't see it. And I don't know, I don't understand people who do see it. I've said this before. I think Brandon Staley is holding this team back. And look, I know they've been dealing with injuries. I know, you know, Joey Bosa. I know they've lost JC Jackson for the season. But I mean, you need to, like, you can't, they just got blown out by the Seahawks. It wasn't even a game. It wasn't even a game. And, even with those losses, I mean, you still have Derwin James, you still have Asante Samuel, you still have Khalil Mack, you still have a lot of great pieces on offense. You have more than enough to be competitive and you have more than enough to be viable. Chargers weren't even competitive. I think Brandon Staley needs to go. Um, the Dolphins beat the Steelers 16 to 10 and... Listen, I may be by myself on this one, but I don't think the Dolphins are good. I don't. 
I think they get bad coaching. I think they get bad quarterback, bad quarterback play. And the reality is, is that the Dolphins won this game because they were just playing a worse team. Tua tried to give this game away as best as he could. And the Steelers just wouldn't take it. He should have had, Tua should have had four or five interceptions. Steelers just couldn't come down with the balls. And you got to ask yourself, if this team, you know, if at the end of the season, let's say they are, I don't know, eight and seven, let's say they're nine and seven, and they have a chance to get to the playoffs, and you have to put your money on a coach who turned away an easy three points and made a bad a bad decision to go on fourth down. You're going to put your money on him and you're going to put your money on Tua who consistently is putting the ball in the hands of the other team. I don't know. If you can, more power to you, but I just can't. I don't think the Dolphins are good at all. And finally, the Bears destroyed the New England Patriots 33-14 to and... I thought about this all week, but you don't know. No, I still, I, I still believe it. I think this was the worst loss in regular season. Obviously, playoffs are a different animal, but I think this was the worst regular season loss of Bill Belichick's career. He's gotten blown out before, but they were always against you know competent teams. I mean, we remember that primetime game against the Chiefs a few years ago. Andy Reid's a really good coach. Uh, he's gotten, the Patriots have been blown out by other teams, but to get blown out by the Chicago Bears, the one of the worst teams in the league, that's just embarrassing. The Patriots are not any good right now. They're just not. Um, there seems to be a quarterback controversy. Bailey Zappi, Mac Jones, they don't know what they're doing. They lack uh, offensive firepower. The defense seems to be good against below average to average teams. But when they play an above average quarterback or they play a quarterback that can give them issues with uh, their legs, like Justin Fields, they look really bad. We watched Lamar Jackson run all over them. We watched Justin Fields run, run all over them. I don't think the Patriots are good at all. And let's get into my weekly power rankings. So here is my power rankings. These are my top 10 teams in the NFL after week seven. At number 10, I have the Tennessee Titans. This was a team that started off slow. I thought they would take a step back this year, and I was right for a few weeks, but it looks like they might have finally turned things around. I don't know how long it will last, but they're starting to collect wins. You have to respect that, so I have the Titans at number 10. At number 9, I have the New York Jets, and I talked about them earlier. I don't believe in them. I don't think they're a good team. But at the end of the day, you know, we've talked about this before. You are what your record says you are. And the Jets are winning games and they deserve to be in the top 10. So I have them at number nine. At number eight is the Baltimore Ravens. I've said this before. The only thing elite about this team is Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews. 
and they are single-handedly just carrying this entire team. I don't know how long it'll last for. That's why I'm not a big fan of them, but they deserve to be in the top 10. I have them at eight. At number seven is the Cincinnati Bengals, and kind of like the Titans, the Bengals seem to, they seem to have, they, they started out slow, but over the past few weeks, they've been getting wins, and look, you know, you have to take the level of competition, and you know, you have to take that into consideration, and I get that, but you can only play who's in front of you, and the Bengals are doing what they should be doing against the level of competition they've been playing. So I have them at seven. At number six is the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott is back. And as long as the Cowboys can keep this Cooper Rush style of offense with Dak Prescott without holding Prescott back, like, I think that's the thing. You don't want to... It's easy to go from Cooper Rush to Dak Prescott because your playbook just opens up widely, right? But you don't want to just go out there and throw the ball 50 times. You need balance. So as long as Mike McCarthy understands that and as long as they can find you know, a, a common ground, a, you know, a nice middle for their offense, I think this team could do really big things. It's going to take a while, like I said, because Dak Prescott hasn't played and he's going to have to kind of play himself back into shape. But I think the Cowboys could be special. I've got them at number six. At number five, I have the New York Giants. I've said before, I'm going to say it again, I don't get it. I don't know. I, I don't understand how they keep doing this. Brian Dayball, to me, is a fantastic coach. He just keeps winning. And you got to respect that. And as long as they keep winning, I'm going to have them in my top 10. I'm going to have them in my top five. At number four, I have the Vikings. And at number three, I have the Eagles. I don't have a lot to say about these two teams because they were both on buys. But I didn't see anything from any team this week that would make me think they should, you know, take a spot above either of these two teams. So again, Vikings at four, Eagles at three. At number two, I have the Kansas City Chiefs. They just demolished the 49ers. And look, the 49ers are beat up, and I get that, but this team looks really special. And they just traded for Giants wide receiver Kadarius Toney. And I know it's a big if, but if Kadarius Toney can stay healthy, that's the type of player that can really open things up for this offense. I really like the Kansas City Chiefs. And at number one, again, it is the Buffalo Bills. And not a lot to say about them. Because, again, you know, um, they were on by like the Eagles and the Vikings. And I didn't see anything, you know, even with the Chiefs demolishing the 49ers, I didn't see anything that would make me think that, you know, any team should take the top spot other than the Buffalo Bills. I still have the Buffalo Bills as the best team in the NFL.
So that'll do it for another episode of Beyond the End Zone. As always, thank you for joining me. Please remember to subscribe, rate, review. You can follow Beyond the End Zone on Instagram, and you can also follow us on Twitter at Beyond End Zone. And if you have any questions that you'd like me to answer on the show, please feel free to email me at beyondtheendzonepod at gmail.com. Again, thank you for joining me, and I hope you'll join me again next week.